Coming up on today's show, Abby Chatfield accuses Britt Hockley and Kyle Sanderlands of slut-shaming her. Sarah's Day's controversial Christmas PJs sell out and Chloe Zepp's surprising shopping list. Hello and welcome to Outspoken. It's your dose of the hottest influencer and pop culture news twice a week. I'm Kate Torber and I want to thank everyone who has completed our listener survey. We were overwhelmed with the responses. If you haven't filled it out though, it is in the show notes. And I really enjoyed reading some of the responses. There were a few that caught my eye that I wanted to share with you guys. (laughs) So there was a question around how we can improve as a podcast. And I do really appreciate everyone letting us know because there was some amazing advice. But this one comment really cracked me up. Someone wrote, occasionally petty and under-researched. And Amy, you suggested that we use that as an advertising hook. (laughs) I think the phrase occasionally petty really summed us up. I think that that's a great way to describe it, particularly in the early days where I thought our pettiness was a bit more on point. I also thought it was funny. Someone wrote, I love you guys, but I can't stand how you pronounce McDonald's. It's McDonald's, not McDonald's. I'm so sorry. Love now, heart. I feel like this is an <laughs> argument that we've been having for years because we all used to say McDonald's and then I was told it was McDonald's. So I say McDonald's and you guys pay the shit out of me when I, I say it. I feel like it's a South Australian thing to mm. say McDonald's. I think it's very English to say McDonald's. I'm sorry. I still stand by the fact that we say Maccas. Yeah. And Amy, I think this one was leveled at you. Someone said, please stop saying just playing devil's advocate. Now, we do often when we're recording stop Amy from saying certain phrases all the time. There was someone who was a big fan of Amy, though, in our reviews. Now, this person, I won't read out their name. (laughs) Was it Amy (laughs) Torber? No, this person, they continuously write mean reviews, but then change them to something new every week. Like every week we've done something new to piss them off. So they wrote... If Amy ran this podcast by herself, it'd be fine. But Sophie and Kate are such, in capital letters, a punish to listen to. Amy, every episode has in-touch views about things and Kate and Sophie constantly are just on their high horses. So frustrating. What do we mean saying mean comments? I think she's got it down pat. Like, I think she's... She's on the ball this week, is she? It was at Dale Spareway Humphreys that wrote that message. <laughs> no, Sophie sent it to me and I said, that literally looks like I have sent that in about myself. If I hadn't noticed this girl continually <laughs> slagging us off for months now, I would have thought it was you. The funniest thing is that a lot of people that have been listening since the start still can't tell our voices apart. Mm. But this person appears to be a true fan of the show because she can and tell Amy, your voice apart. Super fan. Yeah. I love her every week. She's like, I can't stand this show. And she continues to listen. Now, some other feedback that we are taking on board is that we need to stop yelling over each other and interrupting <laughs> each other. And I think that when we do that, you can tell that an episode is very heated, particularly last week, because I was getting irritated by it. So I am sorry. Now, on the topic of arguing, someone did ask for a mashup of all the behind the scenes fights we <laughs> never get to hear i wonder if we should do something for christmas amy you were putting together Mm. some of the fights in a folder it hasn't happened for a while we've been a bit slack with that i think those were fights though that couldn't see the light of day because we were that horrendously mean to each other do you know what would be cool is having a remix of some of the fights or maybe some of the overused terms on the podcast it was like playing devil's advocate 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 yours is to be honest and what else do you say i feel i feel i feel i got so annoyed i tried to cut out all your i feels and then i noticed myself saying it as now, well could the girl who was leaving those reviews come to my defense i feel very under attack right now kate and i are here on our high horses looking <laughs> down at you you peasant can someone in the reviews write that they prefer sophie and i <laughs> maybe we're gonna have a spin-off podcast kate i i have quite enjoyed our episodes together oh, shots fired if i see one more drama thing pop up on my feed i'm gonna just block 
I don't want to see it. I want to see cleaning. I want to see organization. I want to see manifestation. I want to see a whole lot of good people talking about good shit. Two of the biggest names in the Australian media landscape are currently at war. It comes after Abby Chatfield called out podcaster Brittany Hockley and shock jock Kyle Sanderlands for slut-shaming her on air. Women are being asked to pick a side. Are they Team Abby or Team Brit? Now, Sophie, before we jump into it, what has gone down? Well, this all started when an American rapper by the name of Young Gravy was interviewed on the Carl and Jackie O show. So for those like me who hadn't heard of him before, Young Gravy's music blew up on TikTok where he now has 7 million followers and he's also touring the world with his music. He has a history of dating older women, specifically mum. So in August of this year, rumours started swirling when he shared a kiss with Addison Rae's mum on the red carpet of the MTV Music Awards. Now, For those who don't know, Jackie O has been on sick leave for the past few weeks, so Brittany Hockley from Life Uncut has been filling in for her. And Jackie O must have been kicking herself because she is a huge fan of Young Gravy. She's joked that she wants to date him because he is, as Sophie said, into older women. (laughs) I didn't know that fact. Now, Brittany was present during this interview, of course, with Young Gravy. So during the interview, the rapper was asked about his dating life and he said he was speaking with Abby Chatfield and they were planning a date in the new year. This is where the conversation took a turn. Let's listen to what was said. I have a bit of a relationship beginning with Abby Chatfield, you know, oh, from the radio. Really? Oh, Jesus. Do you? Do you and everyone else. So line up, my friends, line up. Hey, hey, hold on. Let, let me say, just a little, I think we got a date planned because she... I she have no doubt. My, well, you're more likely to root her DMs. than uh, Brittany, I think. Brittany, I don't know. Do you know Abby? Yeah, I know Abby. I mean, we, we've we crossed paths multiple times. What's that yeah. mean? Is it in bed I with mean, someone? No, 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 no. no. Abby's fun. What has she sent you? Any nudes or anything like that? Or what have you seen of her? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Borderline. Borderline. Yeah. Brittany, you've you've been knocked back again for Abby Chatfield. No, no, no. You haven't. You haven't. Who do you want? Do you want Brittany or do you want Abby? Who do you want? Your choice. You have to choose now. Well, look, we're very different. Well, I haven't. I haven't spoken with Brittany for for very long. I actually first heard this grab on Abby Chatfield's podcast and I really felt for her. My heart dropped because I remember when we were discussed on the Kyle and Jackie O show and it's just really like this horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach listening to what these people are saying about you unfiltered. And when it comes to the Kyle and Jackie O show, it feels like anything can be said and nothing is off limits. I also feel like she was particularly vulnerable because there's someone on air, Young Gravy, who she clearly likes talking Mm. about her and you'd be like, oh my God, what is going to be said? And it was disappointing because the overall tone of the conversation was really gross and very slut shamey and it really played women off against each other. And personally, I don't think this is a conversation that I would expect to hear on a podcast, let alone a large radio show in 2022. Well, I think it would have shocked a lot of young women who actually don't listen to the Colin and Jackie O show, especially because you don't hear this kind of conversation, as you said, in podcasts. Yeah. It is a very sort of outdated conversation to be having. Definitely. And this conversation did take place several weeks ago, but Abby wasn't aware of it until her friend told her to tune in and check out the episode. And Abby was taken back, obviously, by the conversation, and she did a whole podcast segment on it where she called out the slut shaming. Here's what she said. The issue that I think people like Kyle and Brittany have with me is that I'm able to speak about sexuality in a way that isn't shameful, and they think that that must equate to 
f***ing around every single day and having sex every single day when actually it's just that I don't have the shame that they have and therefore they're projecting it onto me. Give me shit, but don't make it at the expense of other people listening and other women listening. Say what you want about me, but do not perpetuate f***ing slut-shaming bullshit on the biggest radio show in the country. So there was a mixed reception to Abby's podcast and posts. There were really two camps when it came to it. So those that wholeheartedly supported Abby and felt enraged by Brit's part in the conversation. And then there was the other camp who questioned whether it was feminist of Abby to perceivably lay blame on the other woman. So following the backlash in Abby's comments, she posted a series of stories hitting back at the criticism and calling Brit a pick-me girl. Here's what she said. That's why pick-me's are so disliked because they are betraying their own gender. They are betraying the progression of their own gender and of other minorities. Pick-me's are only focused on upholding patriarchal structures and laughing along with the boys or with those who love being part of the patriarchy, who laugh at locker room talk, who think it's okay to make such shaming jokes, make misogynistic jokes, who think they aren't like other girls. Pick-me's and people who say this are a huge part of the problem. They give a pass to misogynistic men to treat women the way they do because they're the cool girl. They're the cool girl, it doesn't matter. And yeah, she's such a slut. That's what a pick me is. So we have to call out anyone who's upholding patriarchal structures, not just men, because the women who do it are doing it from internalized misogyny, absolutely, but they're doing it, particularly when they have a platform as big as that. Before we do get too much into opinion, I do want to point out that it is a really hard topic for us to navigate and talk about. We were in two minds whether to cover this at all, but I think it is important because it is one of the biggest influencer Mm. stories, I feel like almost of the year. And what I really don't like is the internet is demanding that women take sides. And I really have great respect for both Brit and Abby. And I think that they both offer such wonderful things to the industry. And I think it's a really sad situation that we're seeing them sort of battle it out Mm. online against one another. And I do think it's a situation where you can have mixed feelings and see some things you agree with and some things you don't agree with. And in my opinion, I did feel uncomfortable with Abby calling Brit a pick me girl because If we do listen to what Brit actually said during the interview, she said no doubt in response to Young Gravy saying he was going on a date with Abby. And she did ask if there was any sexting that took place, but that was after Young Gravy said Abby had sent him borderline nude photos. And I just think it was really Kyle who was driving the slut shaming conversation and the tone. And I think that it was unfair to reduce Brit's character to a few nervous words that she Mm. said during a live interview. Look, I do understand what you're saying and I am feeling for Brit in terms of that she's getting piled on at the moment and I think it's really hard to watch that happening and I feel like a lot of people are using this as an excuse to have a got Brit. Like these might be people that didn't like her before. The thing is I can see where Abby was coming from in terms of it is really hard. Like as I said before, when we got um, called ugly on the Kyle and Jackie O show, I remember being really enraged that Jackie didn't pull Kyle up on it and she sort of sat there giggling. And I think that's what Abby has a problem with because she felt like Brit was just going along with it, sort of agreeing with a few little comments. And I can see how that would have been really upsetting because it's quite clear that Brit and Abby know each other. They Hmm. both are in – you know, they're both from The Bachelor. They've been on Bachelor in Paradise together. Uh, They have massive podcasts. They're very comparable in terms of their careers at Mm. the moment. And I think that's why this situation is so horrible to see play out because these two women, you would think, 
should be coming together. Yeah, exactly right. Like that that being said though, Kate, I completely agree as well. You know, that awful moment of being discussed on air in in a, such a critical way. The thing is, I have gone and listened to Brit's appearance on the Kyle and Jackie O show, and she stood up to Kyle a number of times where it almost got exhausting because every time she would say something, Kyle would say, basically, shut up. And we have to talk about the disparity of power. Kyle and Jackie O, they own the Kyle and Jackie O show. They own that. So he is literally her boss. In this instance, I'm pretty sure Brit highly regrets not stepping in and saying something. But when you are hounded for every comment you make on air. Yeah, but then why why appear on the show? Because I think that's what has confused a lot of people. Because it's because a great career opportunity. It is, but I feel like these days, Brit has, you know, she they've had the Life Uncut podcast for three years. She has established herself as this particular brand. And that personal brand does not fit with the Kyle and Jackie O show. I agree, but a lot of people have appeared on the Kyle and Jackie O show who's don't align. For instance, Abby Chatfield has appeared on the Kyle and Jackie O show when she was promoting her vibrator for Vush. Appearing on the Kyle and Jackie O show is very different though to co-hosting it because I know Jackie O has copped a lot of criticism about allowing Kyle to say things. And I know that sounds silly because it's not her choice what he says, but she doesn't hold him accountable. And as you said, it seems like Brit has had a go at it, but I just feel like this has been quite damaging for her personal mm. brand. The thing is, I think as women, we've all been in a situation, whether it's at work or in a social situation, where something has been said by someone in mm. a position of power and we felt uncomfortable and perhaps we didn't agree with what they said, but we've frozen and either mm. laughed it off or we've simply not wanted to be confrontational about it. And I think it's a hard thing because, as you said, Amy, I did tune in a number of times to listen to Brit on Kyle and Jackie O. And she did stand up to a lot of stuff. And I think there was an episode where she burst into tears because she had had that much flack from Kyle. And I totally agree that, you know, who you surround yourself does say a lot about you. But I don't think that we should be saying that women can't take great opportunities for their career. Mm. And I think obviously she's now doing a summer show with ARN. Maybe they were using it as an opportunity to get the listeners used to her and to train her and I think it's sad though because people have been waiting I think for a gotcha moment as soon as I heard she was going to be on their radio show I thought oh my god she's going to be cancelled over something I mean I've noticed a change in the way people treat Brit for a long time particularly after she started dating Jordan Thompson it was like everyone was suddenly against her because I think they liked her being in the position of an underdog you know unlucky in love people could relate to her and then as soon as she got a tennis player boyfriend and was living the high life overseas everyone's like oh I don't like Mm. this. We do need to remember that Kyle is clearly playing a role on radio. He's a shock jock. The more he says comments like this, the more people listen to it. But it's just interesting that nobody seems that appalled by Kyle's comments. People are just used to Kyle's comments. And I think it's important, you know, as you said, everyone's playing a role here. It's Kyle's role to shock people. Hmm. It's Abby Chatfield's role to call people out because that's how she stays relevant. I mean, you can only see how many... Sort of, I don't want to use the word feud, but how many confrontations that she has had with other influencers on really important topics. And I think it's a really important thing that she does because she does make you think about situations in a different light. I think the issue here is that Brit's probably confused about what role she can play because she plays a very different role on Life Uncut. And podcasting is so different to the radio because in podcasting, as we know well, you can edit yourself out, you can think about what you've Mm. said and change it. But in this situation, she's going live on air and she has to think on her feet. Now, going back to the clip from the show, I was really surprised that no one picked up in a sense that 
Brit was sort of a victim amongst that as well because Kyle turned the conversation into a sexist contest where he offered up Brit on a platter to Young Gravy and he tried to force him to pick between Abby and Brit. And in that situation, Brit would have felt so uncomfortable, but I don't think that there's been much sympathy for how she felt during it. Yeah, and as I said before, Jackie O has gone on that she's got a bit of a crush on Young Gravy. So I feel like this interview was set up weeks ago and the premise of this interview would be, let's have a bit of fun with Young Gravy. Let's have Jackie O on there. Let's see if he's going to date Jackie O. So it literally turned into this segment where, okay, well, Brit, you're in. Let's talk about you and Young Gravy. Now, Britt did share an apology on Wednesday and she said, I want to apologize for the undercurrent misogynistic tones that the interview had. The nature of live radio is unpredictable and often unplanned. Live on radio, I found myself in a position where Abby and I were pitted against each other. This was not planned and this was not something I felt comfortable with and I thought by saying as little as possible in the interview, it would not add any fire to the situation. I see with hindsight that this was naive and contradictory to what I stand for. She continued saying, I acknowledge that the standard you walk by is the standard you accept. I will learn from this and do better in the future. I am sorry. I was really shocked that this apology got backlash because to me it ticked all the right boxes. I like that she posted it on her wall so it's not like it's going to disappear. A lot of influencers post apologies on their stories that disappear in 24 hours. I also think it was great that she actually said, I'm sorry. I think it was okay that she explained herself and then she acknowledged that she needed to do better and it wasn't right. I thought that this was a textbook PR response. She hit every note, but Abby refused to accept the apology and said that she didn't see it as an apology as there was no understanding about what Brit did wrong. And she said that all she saw were excuses and also a character testimony. I thought this last line was really interesting. Abby said, this is also in my experience on Bachelor in Paradise repeated behavior. I won't say any more, but this whole thing has been shocking to me. Now this just points to the fact that there's been prior beef between the two, which I think really adds an extra element to this whole argument. Definitely. When I saw Abby's first post about these comments, I initially thought, I wonder if there's beef between the two of them because it did seem very personal. And I think the responses since have been very personal. Yeah, well, I noticed that Conrad had liked Brit's apology. Now, Conrad is Abby's ex-boyfriend and he also appeared alongside Brit on the challenge Mm. so I just thought that little relationship I mean they obviously go around in the same circles and know a lot of the same people well there has been more fuel added to the fire today because Laura Byrne who is Britney's co-host on Life Uncut has spoken out so for some context when Abby was calling out the Carl and Jackie O show she included in her Instagram stories that she had a big announcement coming on Thursday that her followers should look out for And it turns out that that announcement is that she is hosting a new reality show called F-Boy Island. So for people like our mum who are listening and might not be aware, F-Boy or a fuckboy is a term for a man that has had many sexual partners. So following the announcement that Abby was going to be hosting this show, Laura posted this on her Instagram story. She said, talks about dismantling the patriarchy announces that they are hosting F-Boy Island, a show that encourages men to lie to women and manipulate their emotions in order to win a cash prize. That is enough internet for me today. The absolute hypocrisy. She then followed it up by posting a screenshot of an article about the show saying, For clarity, F-Boy Island is a series that already exists in the US. The New Zealand franchise cast a man, in brackets because they didn't do background checks, who suffocated a woman and lured her into his house to have sex with her. It doesn't matter that this is the AU version. It is a franchise I would never associate myself with as a feminist. 
Now, Abby hit back at Laura's Insta stories with this. Also, Laura, if you're really such a staunch feminist, you're going to dissect this show that you have not seen, that hasn't been created yet in Australia. If you're going to stand by this, and if you are reformed from back when you shamed me online after The Bachelor, remember that? Remember when you did that? That was really mean. Um, if you are reformed from that, then I would think you would have DM'd me when this whole thing broke and you would have said, I'm so sorry, I don't stand by what Brit or Kyle did. It's inappropriate. Um, you know, I've spoken to her. Or I'm really sorry. Or that isn't what I believe. But you didn't. All you've done is DM me and post stories about me uh, about something to try and catch me out, which you haven't even caught me out because, again, you haven't seen the show. The show isn't what you think it is. So, um, yeah, I would have expected something different if you actually aligned with that. If my co-host did some to someone, if Rowan did something one, I would DM them and say, hey, I've spoken to Rowan. It's completely inappropriate. I'm so sorry. But you've chosen the other path. I thought it was fascinating that Abby again brought it back to her experience on The Bachelor. So if you cast your minds back to the series that she was on, Laura and Matt, they appeared on the show as a success story and Laura and Matt weren't very big fans of Abby. So I think that this is what she's referring to here. Now, just to note, we are recording this on Thursday night, so I don't know what else is going to go up tonight on social media, but I need to say I was quite disappointed to see all this back and forth going on on social media. And not to blame either woman, but it's just a bit, it's just gone downhill so quickly. I think that someone just needs to pick up the phone and have a conversation because I feel like all this dirty laundry is being aired online and it's not helping anyone because it's just inciting more women to get involved. And this at the moment is all I'm talking about in my friendship groups. And I just think that it's really sad because as we said before, being asked to choose with your team, Abby or team Brit. And if anything, that's the most unfeminist conversation to have. I agree with you, Sophie. I don't think anybody's winning as this continues on. I think it's becoming very tit for tat and something that could have been solved. You know, Abby put up this great post that opened people's minds up to what actually slut shaming is. It's now lost, as you said, because Brit has apologized. I feel like the apology should have been accepted and people should have moved on. I also think that the issue needed to be played instead of the woman. And unfortunately, Mm. I think that that's what's happened. And I can't help but feel people have been waiting to have a crack at Brit about something. And I just really feel for her because I think people talk a lot about mental health, but they don't truly understand the detrimental effect that this actually has on someone. And I feel for Abby too, because she's probably now getting trolled from a whole bunch of people as well. And I just think that it needs to stop. All the rebuttals need to stop. I saw in our Facebook group as well that people were trying to figure out what side other people in the media are. So Mamma Mia did a really great segment on this and Shameless also touched on it. And everyone's like, oh, Shameless a team Abby and Mamma Mia a team Brit. And it's like, I don't want anyone to think that we're team anyone. Yeah. I'd feel for both people involved. And that's the thing. There's gray areas in all of this. Mamma Mia did do a really great segment as well where they touched on the attention economy in 2022 and how the algorithm does reward this drama and I think at the end of the day being an influencer or a social media commentator is all about ensuring that you have this continual stream of engagement on your page and also ensuring that you're in the mainstream media headlines and there's nothing that gets more attention than famous women fighting with each other on the internet. I think moving forward people need to determine whether the punishment fits the crime because We are seeing a lot of pile-on culture. And as you said, Sophie, it does affect people's mental health. And I have been concerned for both women's mental health. It is a very stressful thing to have to go through this online 
disagreement. I'm hoping that this week is the last that we hear of it and these wonderful women can get on doing the amazing things that they've been doing in the podcasting space. And the comment of the night goes to the person who messaged me and said, you couldn't pull out of a driveway. Not wrong. Mitch Orville has sparked rumours that he and Chloe Zepp may be expecting their third child. Amy, what has ignited these rumours? Well, Mitch shared a series of Instagram stories last week, which showed a screenshot of Chloe's online supermarket order. So amongst all the fresh fruit and popcorn, there was a pregnancy test. I love that fresh fruit and popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, yeah, it was literally all just fruit. So Mitch captioned the post, I was hungry until the last course and he tagged (laughs) Chloe. So a follower replied saying, please explain to which Mitch wrote, Artie was us trying once. Sunny was the day after we agreed on waiting to have more kids. And now I'm one out of one again. I am the Kobe, referring to Kobe Bryant, of having kids. I find this so bizarre that he has been so private for almost a year, not wanting to share anything about his life. Mm. Then he's literally creating pregnancy hype about his wife. They don't even know if they're pregnant. And I think that there'd be a lot of mums or women wanting to get pregnant who were looking on at this and feeling a bit upset i mean the way that he's bragging on oh my one for one a lot of men and women have issues with fertility and i just didn't think that this comment would go down well well this is really playing into the whole family channel that i think that they do have planned because they get the most attention when they're pregnant and they're having kids so it kind of makes a bit of sense to me i took it differently i took it as mitch having a little bit of fun I didn't, I don't know, I didn't read into it too much. I kind of enjoyed that he was sort of creating a bit of hype online. Well, he's not the first influencer in the last couple of weeks to share pregnancy tests because Sophie Guidelin shared a photo of a pregnancy test Mm. to her subscribers on Instagram and asked what their opinion of the test was. Did they think she was pregnant because she couldn't tell? I just think that fertility and pregnancy are really sensitive topics for a lot of people. And I think that this would have brought up a lot of thoughts of people and I don't know I just found it's it a, a joke bit about off a pregnancy but it's not a joke because list. but now everyone's going to be oh are they pregnant you're always told not to speculate about women's pregnancies yeah, yet we're I, being offered it on a platter I understand where you're coming from in terms of it can come across as a bit insensitive for people that may be trying and are not having success but I also see it as a way that it's not also incredibly helpful for people not to talk about say miscarriages mm. because a lot of people do wait for that 12 week mark before they announce it And in this instance, they're talking about it from inception. So I have mixed feelings about it. I think it was just a bit of fun. Yeah, but it's really a 360. He said that he wants privacy, doesn't want people intruding on his family life. And then he puts out this sort of information. So next year, I love the feed. I like the nice feedback, not the mean feedback. (laughs) (laughs) We can go about feedback in a nice way, you know, but any. Sarah's Day's controversial Christmas pyjamas have sold out. Despite the pyjamas only being available 11 days out from Christmas, it didn't stop her fans from snapping them up. Were you surprised that they sold out, Kate? Look, I wasn't surprised that the pyjama range sold out because a lot of Sarah's Day's ranges do sell out. But I think we need to take it with a grain of salt when influencers do these launches because you never know how much stock they actually have. And I think a lot of them use this marketing message of maybe getting, you know, 30 pairs of large pajamas in stock and saying, oh, they've all sold out. So it's very hard to tell if there was actually a lot of stock involved in this situation. There was some debate online because the extra, extra large and the extra large sold out very quickly. Mm. So a lot of people thought, well, did they just buy 10 or so, or, you know, not as many as the other sizes. And I think there would have been a lot of pressure from White Fox Boutique 
for this to be a sellout in terms of the marketing because they have received so much backlash over the timing of these pajamas being launched and whether they're actually going to get to people before Christmas. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I quite like the pajamas. I haven't haven't opted to buy anything for myself, but I think I've seen them around so much that I'm like – Oh, they're quite cute. The pajamas did look really cute. And what was also cute was the photo that Sarah uploaded to launch the pajamas and say that they were on sale. So I don't know if you guys saw the photo, but it was of Sarah and her husband, Kurt, and their two kids, Fox and Malachi, all dressed in the matching pajamas. And in the photo, they were kind of looked like they were having a food fight with flour and there was a gingerbread house in the middle and Sarah was screaming at them, you know, for making a mess. Now, when you look at the photo, you'd presume that the pajama range sold sizes suitable for the whole family. However, in the caption, Sarah said, thank you all for your suggestions for our at-home photo shoot. I'm so happy with how these turned out. Although, sadly, no, Kurt's, Foxy's and Malachi's pajamas are not available for purchase. We thought the photo concept was so silly and fun. This is despite Kurt resharing the photo and saying, can't wait for you to get your sets. Of pajamas. <laughs> oh, you know no. what I mean? It was clear that many of Sarah's followers found the photo shoot very confusing. One person wrote online, I love this, but it's really confusing advertising, to which Sarah responded, fair. I just thought it was a fun pick and Foxy was so excited. Ha ha. Another commenter asked why the men's and children's sizes weren't available. Now, another person in the comments replied saying they didn't do children's or men's, so this picture is misleading. Now, Sarah then responded saying, well, I did mention it in the caption, soz. Now, I was really surprised by this feedback because I know the person was being negative, but it's not a very good PR response at all. It's passive aggressive. A lot of her comments were passive aggressive. Yeah, I was quite shocked. It seems like this feedback has really gotten to her because she even jumped on her story today to discuss the fact that the pajamas had sold out and she did thank her followers for supporting her, but she kind of was again passive aggressive about the feedback regarding the shipping. And she, but she continued as well to blame White Fox Boutique. She was like, bring it up with them. She also touched on the fact that everyone wanted the men's and children's pajamas and said, next year we'll bring out boys sizes oh am i allowed to say that in 2022 it was it was really odd oh i thought that comment was so odd it's just like are you thinking when you put this stuff out like maybe pause watch it back and think no i think i'll delete it Mm. and reshoot it now sarah did reveal in this story that they had a dedicated team at white fox trying to ship these pajamas out in time and all i could think about were the poor people that were still waiting on their black friday orders (laughs) like imagine being like well they're even later on the back burner because we've got to get these Christmas pajamas yeah, out. Yeah, it was really odd because there were people posting the next day that they'd already received them. However, they looked like they were real stands of Sarah's Day and a few of them had sort of micro followings. Yeah, so a lot of people are debating whether White Fox Boutique gifted some pajamas mm. ahead of time to micro influencers that Sarah could then share so that the messaging was out there that the pajamas were arriving. Yeah. Do you think that they were that organized if they left the pajamas to the 13th of you December could, to plan that? they could have literally just dropped them off or said hey girls can you come into white fox and pick them up because it's really the shipping that's the issue and a lot of the girls were from new south wales that received them yeah well it was quite funny because i know sarah's day and ellie watson who is also known as elsa's wholesome life get compared a lot they're both young mums who live very holistic healthy lifestyles and ellie has her own store called the wholesome store and she has also launched her own christmas pajama range however she is offering children's sizes as well and her pajamas were very popular but a lot of people have compared 
her response to her followers to Sarah's because Sarah did come across as quite snarky. Whereas Ellie was also getting feedback that people would like to see her pajamas in older kid sizes and also men's sizes. And she put a box up saying, thank you so much for the feedback. We'll Mm. definitely do it next year. This is our first drop. Please share any other feedback with me. And it was really funny to compare the two responses. Mm. Well, that's all we've got for you guys today. So today's podcast was recorded on the traditional land of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past and present. Now, if you did like today's episode and you haven't yet left us a review, if you could leave us five stars, that would be amazing. And please join in all the conversations in our Facebook community, which is Outspoken, the podcast community.